Good evening and welcome to E-Bible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 5 of Revelation chapter 4. And we're currently looking in verse 4, and we'll also read verse 5 tonight. Verse 4 of Revelation 4 says, And round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold, and out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And I'll stop reading there. Now we, in our last study, we're looking at verse 4, and we saw how the 24 elders seated upon 24 seats, or thrones, represented all of God's elect that rule in the kingdom of heaven with Christ forevermore into eternity future. They're living and reigning with Christ for a thousand years or for the completeness of eternity. And we're now at the point in the verse where it says that they were clothed in white raiment. And we've seen this language before in the Bible. And we understand that when God speaks of being clothed in white, it has to do with purity and holiness. For instance, in Revelation chapter 19, as the Lord describes the bride of Christ, who also is made up of all of God's elect, it says in verse 8, And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints every child of god everyone that god saves no matter at what point in history they were saved an old testament saint or um, a new testament believer saved out of the church age or uh, an individual saved just recently in the time of great tribulation all alike receive the covering of Christ's righteousness and therefore they receive that holy and pure garment. As it says in Revelation chapter 7, describing a great multitude that they were clothed. And it, it Well, let me read verse 9 of Revelation 7. After this I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. And a little further down in verse 13, it says, And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation. And have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And uh, that is the fine linen, the righteousness of the saints that is applied that each one of those chosen to salvation receive by the blood or the life of Christ that his blood was shed for their sake. He died for them. 
And this cleanses away all sin, all spiritual filth and dirt and all spots and wrinkles and all ugly things that sin brings are washed with a whiter, with a brightener that that uh, nothing on earth could ever accomplish. It is a spiritual cleansing that makes each one perfectly pure in the eyes of God. He sees no sin of any kind, and this is what makes them acceptable in his sight and able to dwell with him forever. So the 20 elders are seated on these thrones, and they're clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. Now, we've also looked at this not too long ago, that when the Bible speaks of a crown for believers, it is a crown that represents the salvation of God. In Revelation 3, in verse 11, the Lord gave a warning. Behold, I come quickly, hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Now, of course, no one can take away someone's crown or their salvation if they're truly saved, but it is possible for anyone who gives the appearance of salvation, that is a professed believer, for them to go astray after another kind of a gospel or to just stray from the truth and for their crown seemingly to be taken or removed from them. And and that's the warning of God. Let make sure no one takes your crown and the true believer safely has his crown in place because it's been put there by God himself and it is an eternal spiritual reign with God, with the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and no one will ever take that crown. Well, let's, let's go on in verse five of chapter four. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, lightnings, thunderings, and voices. This is actually fairly common language for the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 8, it says in verse 5, And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And a little further on in Revelation chapter 11, we read after the seventh angel sounded in verse 19, and the temple of God was opened in heaven and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. And also in Revelation chapter 16, after the seventh vial full of the wrath of God was poured out, it says in verse 18, and there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth so mighty an earthquake and so great. And here we find that the Lord joins um, these things 
the lightnings and thunders and voices together in each of those places. Of course, in, in those verses, he also mentions an earthquake that we do not find in Revelation 4. It only says, Out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And and we wonder, well, what does this mean? What is in view? What is God trying to teach us by this language? And, you know, we're already in awe. We're already um, amazed that God has revealed this beautiful picture, this wonderful glimpse into the kingdom of heaven, into the sovereign king's throne room. And now, of course, thunder and lightning and voices is something that is also able to make one stand in awe. Uh, you know, as as you're outside and, and the weather begins to change, maybe uh, in the summer, and you see a flash of lightning just lighten up the sky as it it's dark out and and for a second the whole area is lightened by the flash of lightning and then maybe not too long after you hear an enormous boom of thunder and it it sounds very close at hand it it's all over the area and it really is something that makes us stop and maybe even fear for a moment that this awful uh, demonstration of power is being put on display for the people of the area where this storm is hitting. And, and so God uses this image that he created. God is the one who created the weather. He's the one who causes it to rain and to snow and to hail. He's the one that makes things happen, such as thunder and lightning. And and he realizes the reaction that this evokes within those that witness it. And he is using this picture to represent his throne room where he reigns and rules as sovereign as the omnipotent one over all that he has created. Out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices. Well, let's let's see in uh, Ezekiel chapter 1, which uh, we've been turning back to pretty frequently because Revelation 4 is connected to Ezekiel's vision as we're finding much of the same language in Revelation 4 that's in Ezekiel chapter 1. And in Ezekiel 1, it says in verse 13, As for the likeness of the living creatures, and remember that the living creatures that Ezekiel is seeing in this chapter are a representation of the glory of God. They are really a, an illustration of eternal God. And let me continue. As for the likeness of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire and like the appearance of lamps. It went up and down among the living creatures 
and the fire was bright, and out of the fire went forth lightning, and the living creatures ran in return as the appearance of a flash of lightning. You know, even that phrase that uh, we use today, oh, it was a flash of lightning, comes right from the Bible. It, it's really amazing how much of the Bible is immersed in our culture, in in our everyday language, uh, such as beware of dog is is a statement that comes right uh, from the book of Philippians. And and here a flash of lightning. Uh, next time you say that or someone else does, say to him, you know, you're quoting scripture from Ezekiel 1.14. God, the living creatures who typify God, gave an appearance of a flash of lightning. That means that lightning itself is an illustration of eternal God. And uh, it's used to be a type and a figure of God. And so when we see the lightning light up the night sky, it is a picture of God who is light that lightens the darkness of this world. But it's it's not... um, it's not an established picture, such as the sun, as the sun also typifies God. So we shouldn't worry that, oh, the, the lightning is a is a type of God, as though we're doing something wrong. Well, so is the sun that shines all day long, used in the Bible as a type and a figure of God. And there God establishes a light, the greatest of all lights in this creation, to be um, a teacher, to instruct us that that is what God does in the spiritual realm. He is light. Likewise, he teaches us at night when the sun is out that he is like a flash of lightning that can still lighten the earth in a dark time. And, and so we have this image of God as a flash of lightning. We also read in Daniel chapter 10, in Daniel 10, when Daniel was receiving a vision from God, it says in Daniel 10 verse 4, And in the four and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hedekel, Then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Uphaz. His body also was like the barrel, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. And and then it continues, and here this man that appears to Daniel is the Lord Jesus, and he is giving the appearance of lightning. It, it is a brilliant, intense shining that has come to the prophet Daniel as God is giving him 
revelation. And, and that's actually a good description of divine revelation. It is a brilliant shining of truth in a world of lies. It's a brilliant shining of spiritual light in a world of darkness. Well, also in Matthew 24, we read, let me turn there in Matthew chapter 24, in verse 27, For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now here, Jesus is likened to the lightning in the direction that it comes from. The east in the Bible is the direction identified with the kingdom of God. And with the speed that it comes from the east to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So uh, as we can say that lightning is certainly identified with God, with the Lord Jesus Christ. Also in Matthew, in chapter 28, it says in verse 1, I'll start there, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week. Now that should read, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first of the Sabbath, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. Now that angel is eternal God. We can know that because he is said to be the angel of the Lord and uh, if you do a search on that phrase or that particular name in the Old Testament, you'll find that uh, oftentimes the angel of Jehovah would make an appearance and there would be no question that that was an appearance of God. And, and therefore the angel of the Lord is a name of God. And so... This is describing the Lord God. His countenance was like lightning. His appearance was as lightning. Now, um, we, we find lightning and thunder, um, mentioned together in the book of Job, in Job chapter 37. Turn back there. And in verse 2, it says, Hear attentively the noise of his voice and the sound that goeth out of his mouth. He directeth it under the whole heaven and his lightning unto the ends of the earth. After it, a voice roareth. He thundereth with the voice of his excellency and he will not stay them when his voice is heard. This is describing the voice of God, verse 2, set the context. Hear attentively the noise of his voice that goeth out of his mouth. And what comes forth out of the mouth of God? The word of God. And the Bible is the word of God. The Lord Jesus is the 
personification, the embodiment of the Word of God. He is the Word made flesh. And God likens His Word to lightning and thunder, just as God Himself is likened to lightning and thunder. In Psalm 29, it says in verse 3, The voice of Jehovah is upon the waters, the God of glory thundereth. Jehovah is upon many waters. The voice of Jehovah is powerful. The voice of Jehovah is full of majesty. The voice of Jehovah breaketh the cedars. Yea, Jehovah breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. And it, it continues that God is really giving us an illustration concerning his word and its power. The power of the Word of God. The Bible tells us about that in other places. In Hebrews 4 and verse 12, For the Word of God is quick, that is alive, and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is powerful. The thunder is powerful. It, it, uh, booms. It, it makes a loud sound, a crashing sound that, that causes men to turn in fear. Will that thunder, will that lightning strike where I'm at and will it destroy me? That is uh, a very good way of describing the Word of God. And, of course, God's Word is powerful two ways. It's a two-edged sword. It can destroy and it could save. And God used it to save a great multitude out of great tribulation. He used it to save all of his elect. And, and this is just the workings of the word of god the operation of the word of god it is it is not a uh, a little thing it is not something that's insignificant that's weak that's incapable it's not something that lacks uh, ability that that lacks uh, the power to perform what god would have it to do the word of god is extremely able and extremely capable and powerful with all power to accomplish every purpose that God sends it forth to accomplish. And the Word has uh, done so throughout the history of this world and will continue to do so. We find in Revelation chapter 14... In Revelation 14, reference to thunder, in verse 2, And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps, and, and so on. So God's voice, the word of God, is likened to thunder. And God himself is likened to lightning and thunder. You know, did you ever wonder uh, why it is that um, two of the apostles were given um, 
a name by the Lord Jesus Christ that was an unusual name. In Mark chapter 3 and verse 17, we read there, And James the son of Zebedee, and John the brother of James, and he surnamed them Boanerges, which is the sons of thunder. James and John, the sons of thunder. And you'll hear some commentators, some theologians that will that will uh, say, well, it's because they were uh, a little bit wild and and reckless or or something like that. No, it has nothing to do with that. If you're a son of thunder, that means thunder is your father. And who does the Bible say has a voice that thunders? Who does the Bible liken to lightning and to thunder? But to eternal, almighty, omnipotent God. And and so James and John are sons of thunder, sons of God. Just as all of God's elect are, they're really a picture of all of God's elect, all the children of God that are uh, born again, adopted into God's family and become children of this all-powerful being, this being that inhabits eternity and that speaks and is able to create a world and a universe like this one. It is certainly he is a God that thundereth with his voice and we are children of that God. We are all sons of thunder.